and thank you, Brother Tyler. Let's go to the book of 2 Thessalonians tonight. Can we do that? The book of 2 Thessalonians. We are still uh, moving toward our 52nd annual uh, missions conference, and that's coming up the last Wednesday to the last Sunday of this month. And of course, Sunday night will uh, be the crowning service um, of the week as we um, give to each of our missionary guests uh, bouquets that are made up of gift cards. And I hope I saw a number of folks uh, go right to the Resource Center this morning uh, when we dismissed. And if you would like to be a part of that, there's a, a number of opportunities for you to sign up and say, uh, my family will buy three of the $10 gift cards. You don't, have to, you don't have to buy the gift cards. We've already bought them. Uh, but what you're, you're saying is we will sponsor those three, and uh, you'll help us uh, pay for those. Um, and so if you want to be a part of that, I'd certainly encourage you. Uh, to make your way out there after the service tonight. And to do that, we've got to Brother Cameron Smutchler and his family. They are going to Mongolia. We'll have Brother Aaron Vance and his family. They are going to the country of Colombia. And then we will have Brother Sam Morosco and his family are planting a church on the island of Oahu, Hawaii. And then again, we'll have Pastor Bruce Humbert, who is a longtime pastor of the Sock Trail Baptist Church in the Chicago area. And he will be our keynote uh, speaker Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, nothing on Saturday. And then we'll reassemble here on Sunday at our 945 time. Everybody will be in here. And that's when we'll take up our commitments to... Uh, our financial giving to missions, uh, we should end up uh, this year somewhere around uh, $245,000 to $250,000 uh, that is given. That's up and above the general fund. That's only missions money. That, uh, that's, that's fantabulous. And uh, we're looking for that number to increase. And preach, you getting greedy? Well, sort of. Because I want more people to be saved. I want to take on more missionaries. I want to do more. I think as a church, we ought to do more. Uh, we support our foreign missionaries at $100 a month. And actually, we support all of our missionaries at $100 a month. Our church planters, uh, we take on for a three-year commitment at $100 a month. And at the end of that three years, and we... Uh, we use that $100 for another church planner. They know that up front. Uh, it's not like we surprise them at the end of three years. Oh, by the way, uh, they know that from the get-go, and they're good with that, and they appreciate uh, that, knowing that for three years we're going to have $100 a month, and uh, we've got room to, to take on some, some more missionaries. And Lord willing, we'll be taking on the three families that uh, gather with us at the end of the month and others along the way as the Lord would provide us opportunity. With the Lord's help, I want, to, I want to preach to you tonight on praying for missionaries. 
Of course, the word missions and missionary are not found in the Bible. However, the words, both missions and missionary, have certainly become a part of our Christian vocabulary, especially here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Um, It doesn't take one attending here long uh, before they hear something about missions. Because missions is what? It's our mission. It's who we are. It's what we're about. If you want to get the pulse of Fellowship Baptist Church, then put your finger on the missions ministry, and there you'll find the heartbeat of this ministry. And I think that ought to be the heartbeat of any ministry. It ought to be missions and reaching people around the world. Our English word, mission, comes from the Latin word missio, which means to send. The Oxford English Dictionary says that the word was first used in 1598, and by 1729 was used in terms of world evangelization. When we speak of missions, we're talking about reaching people of all races, cultures, and countries with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's about telling people in Mongolia that there's a God who loves them, Jesus died for them, and that God will save them for eternity. The gospel that saves in America is the same gospel that saves in Mongolia or Colombia or on Oahu or in New Zealand or in Australia or in Ethiopia or South Africa. It doesn't matter. It's the same Jesus It's the same God, it's the same Bible, it's the same gospel. It may be in a different language, but it's the same gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we talk about missionaries, we're speaking of those who have been called by God. They have been sent by the church to take the gospel to people of all races, all cultures, and all countries. Or as I like to say it, missions, here's what missions is. We start where we are and go where they are. We take what we know where we are to where they are so they know where they are, what we know where we are. Amen. We start where we are and go where they are. We take what we know where we are to where they are so they know where they are, what we know where we are. That is what missions is all about. We start where we are. And we go to where they are. And we take what we know, where we are, to where they are. So they can know where they are, what we know, where we are. You got it now, son? All right. He's always been the slow one in the family. Got to really slow it down for Ty Bud, that's, that's for sure. I won't say it now, but I have something really cool to share with you at some point. <laughs> I'm still of the persuasion that when it comes to missions, God sends the best of his servants. You'll never convince me otherwise. I'm absolutely convinced of that. 
And I personally believe that the best that there ever was is the man who wrote our text, the Apostle Paul. On his first missionary journey, Paul traveled 1,400 miles. On his second, he traveled 2,800 miles. And on his third journey, he traveled 2,700 miles. So in his 35 years of missionary ministry, he covered an estimated 13,000 miles, which would be more than halfway around the world. Oh, and all of that was before planes and trains and cars. That would have either been by foot or by ship. If we're ranking missionaries, in my book, Paul would be at the very top. And there would be a humongous gap between anyone that we might put in the next spot. Paul depicts the missionary model, defines the missionary mandate, and he declared the missionary message. It's without argument, at least in my mind, that he was the foremost missionary to ever live. Paul was without equal as a gifted and effective man of God. His natural abilities were immense. He was a very experienced missionary slash church planter. But none of those qualities stood alone as the source of his effectiveness. Paul testified to the Colossians and he said this, whereunto I also labor, striving, watch this church, striving according to his working which worketh in me mightily. Paul placed zero confidence in his flesh. Zero confidence in his ability to communicate, zero confidence in any natural uh, talents that he may have had whatsoever. And he admits that whatever success he enjoyed was due to the power of God at work in his life. A power, as one writer stated, that energized his natural giftedness for supernatural impact. Since he depended on the Lord for every aspect of his ministry, I mean, just read the, the books that he wrote, two-thirds of the New Testament. Just read the epistles that he wrote to the churches, and you will find that he frequently asked the Lord's people to pray for him. And here's one example. If you have your Bibles open to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul said, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. 
and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Just two thoughts I want to share with you tonight, two main thoughts. Number one is Paul's invitation. Note the word finally. Now it can have, obviously, the sense of finality. But it literally means for the rest or besides that. As Paul made the transition in his letter from the doctrinal to the practical, he invited the believers in Thessalonica to pray for him. Now, there's no denying. I talked about it this morning. It'll be talked about uh, more uh, throughout the course of the next couple of weeks. There's no denying a missionary's need for money. I don't care who you are. You cannot do ministry without money. And as I think specifically of our missionaries, those that are on deputation and those that are are sharing their burden for whatever field God has called them to and praying that churches like ours would take them on for support. It takes money for them to travel uh, on deputation. It takes money for them to feed their families on the road. It takes money for lodging when there's not a missions apartment available somewhere. It takes money to fuel up their vehicle and to keep it running good. It takes money to buy medicine for their sick children. It takes money to buy tickets to get to the field and to ship their belongings to the field and buy a house on the field and buy a car on the field. Listen, church, it takes money to do missions. Period. But it's not all, and here's where we need to understand what we need to understand tonight. It's not all about money. Now, honestly, as a church, I just told you, we do, we do really well when it comes to supporting missions financially. I really can't take any credit for that. It, the groundwork for that was laid years before I ever assumed the pastorate here. And I know that. But as a church, we do well in supporting missions financially, and I hope that that's always the case. And I'm thankful for the, the, new, the new people and the new families that God has brought on board with us already this year. And, and I hope that many of you will get on board with us, that, that you will catch the burden of this church for missions. And I'll tell you this, the, the easiest way, the best, most effective way for you to catch a burden for missions is to come and introduce yourself and hear the stories and, 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 and hear the, the messages and, and watch the presentations of, of the Smutzlers to Mongolia and the Vances to Colombia and the Moroscos to Oahu. You've got to be here. You're not going to catch it. You're not going to catch the vision. You're not going to have a burden for missions by proxy. It's not just going to float out there somewhere. you got to be here. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, all day on Sunday. It's going to be a great meeting. And I, I, I commend you on your financial participation in missions. God bless you for that. But I think where we fall a bit short is endeavoring to support our missionaries with prayer. 
It's not that you won't pray or that you don't pray. I think it's more that many times we don't know what to pray for. Or what to pray about. And we hope to be able to, to help you. And as a staff, we've, we've met and talked. And, 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 and we're going to try to be more intentional uh, uh, about keeping the needs of our missionaries in front of you. So you'll know what to pray for. So we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Jonathan Goforth. Is that an awesome name for a missionary or what? Goforth. Now his parents didn't know he'd be a missionary when, when he was born. And I don't know who came up with that family name, but that is a great name for a missionary. Goforth. Jonathan Goforth was a Canadian missionary to China. He was of another generation, but he said this. He said, all movements of the Spirit in China, within our experience, may be traced to prayer. And I would venture to guess I wasn't here uh, at the inception of Fellowship Baptist Church in 1955. I didn't start attending this church until 1976, so I was a, a, a bit behind there. But I would venture to guess that anything of, of any lasting eternal value that has been done in the ministry since its inception in 1955 can be traced to that same thing, prayer. Let me make one more point here and we'll go on. Note the little word for. He said pray for us. According to the Vines Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament words, the, the, the Greek word there has several meanings, and one of those meanings is to tie about or to attach. And here's what, what I, I think Paul knew about the power of prayer. He knew that it worked, and he knew that God blessed it, and, and so he invites his friends in Thessalonica to bind themselves to him, to attach themselves to him, if you will, to tie themselves about uh, with Paul through this avenue and this area of prayer. And that's what we're encouraging you to do uh, tonight and throughout the remainder of this month and on throughout the year is to bind yourself to a missionary family or to some missionary families and, and pray for them every day or pray for them every week and bind yourself to them. Make a connection with them through the ministry of prayer. I believe our missionaries would appreciate us doing that for them. But not only do we see Paul's invitation to pray, we also see his explanation. Not only did he ask his friends to pray for him, but he gave them some specific things to pray for. For example, he asked them to pray that the word of the Lord would have what he called free course. In the Greek, that's just one word. It's the word treko, and it means to run. It was used in a, in a couple of different ways, and I think each of those are relevant to what Paul is requesting here. The first way that the word was used, it was used uh, on occasion to describe a runner who was running a race. 
I believe Paul saw himself in a race against time to preach the gospel to as many souls as he could. Listen, getting people saved was not a part of his life. It was his life. Paul was asking others to pray that as he preached the gospel, as he called to hear the word of the, of the Lord, that he would be able to reach many people for Christ. He wanted to see people saved, so he was running as fast as he could to reach everyone that he could. Paul, I think, almost literally worked himself to death. When he talks about getting weary and getting worn out and getting tired, it's because he was so focused and so motivated to get the gospel primarily to his fellow Jews. As a matter of fact, he said, I, I, would, I would wish that I myself could go to hell if it meant they could go to heaven. Now that's a commitment, folks. The word was also used to speak of the messengers who would go behind enemy lines to carry vital instructions to those who waited on the other side. So Paul not only saw himself as a runner competing for the souls of men, but also as a messenger carrying the divine message behind enemy lines to a lost world. He was going into lands and places. We've been studying the book of Acts on Sunday nights, and, and we have saw much of, of Paul's missionary journeys, and, and we know this from, from, from the biblical narrative that he went into lands and places where idolatry and pagan religions were the norm and where men and women were living and dying in spiritual darkness. Listen, this, this whole thing, this whole missions business in the days of Paul was a very dangerous, life-threatening venture. Not just for Paul, but for those who accompanied him. And I understand that we live in a different day and age, and, and things aren't as treacherous worldwide for our missionaries as what they were in the days of the Apostle Paul. But make no mistake about it, our missionaries still find themselves in some very precarious and very dangerous situations. You've got to understand tonight that the gospel is not always welcomed. And when someone comes and tells you that for centuries, you have been worshiping a false god and that there's only one God and, and he's the only way to heaven. That's not always welcomed. Can I just, if you, if you have your, your Bible, Mark 2 Thessalonians and, and go with me. I just want to remind you a little bit tonight. It's been a while since we've been in Acts. And I just want to remind you real quick of some of the things that Paul faced uh, as a missionary going behind enemy lines, if you will, to share the good news of the gospel. For example, in Acts chapter 9 and verse 23, it says this, And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. 
Look at verse 29, Acts 9, 29. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. Turn over to chapter 13, Acts 13, and look at verse 50. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. Acts chapter 14, look at verse, uh, verse 4. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when there was no assault, and when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it. And they fled into Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and under the regions that lieth round about. Verse 19, still in Acts chapter 14, verse 19. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. And then look at chapter 16. And verse 22, and the multitude rose up against him, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. And then you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and read about uh, how Paul tells that on five different occasions he was beaten with 39 stripes and on three occasions he was beaten with rods and on one occasion he was stoned. So here's what I'm telling you tonight that sometimes this missionary business is a dangerous business. <clears throat> Especially right now. As God calls men and women to Muslim nations. Well, preacher, they need the gospel? Absolutely. And it's no small thing to preach the gospel in a Muslim nation. There are missionaries right now in China. That's not an easy task. And so we need to be in prayer. And now you see why Paul mentioned uh, what he mentioned in verse 2 back, uh, back in our text when he said, And as you pray for these other things, also pray that we would be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. He said, For all men have not faith. They have not faith. When we pray for missionaries, We should pray that the word of the Lord, the gospel of Jesus Christ, would have free course. And as we do, we are praying, first of all, that God would use them to see many people of different cultures, beliefs, and traditions, and religions saved. Every missionary is in a race against time. To reach people. It was estimated in 2016 that 155,000, or excuse me, 155,500 people die every day in the world. And I'm guessing that the majority of those die lost 
without Jesus. So when we pray that, that, that the word of the Lord, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would have free course, we're praying that these missionaries can make good time, if you will, in reaching the lost with the gospel. And secondly, when we pray that prayer, we're praying that God would protect these brave men and women as they take the gospel to places, as I said a moment ago, where it is not always welcomed. And then note this. The word pray is in the present tense, meaning that Paul asked the Thessalonians to continually pray or make prayer a constant pattern in their lives. I know that many of you here tonight pray consistently. I know that. But here's what I would ask you to do. Add a missionary family to your prayer list and pray for them regularly. Paul asked that the word of the Lord would be glorified, meaning that that ultimately it would be praised and honored and exalted and received with the proper respect. Paul's heart was that people would accept and affirm it as the saving truth of God, just like many did when he went to Thessalonica in Acts chapter 17. We'll not take time to go back there tonight, but at that initial uh, uh, moment of preaching the gospel in Thessalonica, the Bible says that both Jews and Gentiles, or non-Jews, both people from both groups believed it was only a little later as more of the gentiles started getting saved that some of the unbelieving jews violently objected to what was happening but overall go back and read it tonight when you get home acts chapter 17 overall The Thessalonians had a positive response to the gospel. And and Paul longed for that to occur among other people in other places. So let me wrap it up here. Many times, I know this is true of me, and I know it's true for many of you because I've heard you pray for missionaries. And here's generally our prayer. It's something like this. Lord, bless our missionaries. And every now and then we may even call them by name. But what does that mean? Lord, bless our missionaries. What do we mean by that? Usually our Wording is not very specific, is it? Huh? Now, I'm not, I'm not degrade. I told you I do the same thing. God bless Brother John and Misty and their family. Bless Brother Alfred and Shirley and their family. Bless Brother Gabbard and Belinda there in New Zealand. What do I mean by that? Well, to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I mean by that. I'm just asking God to bless them. 
How many of you think it would be more profitable if we were to be more specific in our asking God to bless our missionaries? I want to give you a little bit of practical help tonight by way of the word bless. Go ahead and bring it up there. Here's what I would encourage you to do, whether it's the bots, the kings, the gabbards, or some other missionary that we support. Here's what I would ask you to pray for. I would ask you to pray, God bless them. But as you do, use this formula. First, ask God for physical blessings. God, keep them healthy. Listen, some of, some of these missionaries in, in Africa and Ethiopia and in other places, malaria and other diseases are very prevalent. And it's, it's not uncommon for me to get a letter from a missionary or an urgent prayer request from that missionary's pastor, pray for so-and-so, they've come down with malaria or, or some other disease. And, and when we pray, God bless our missionaries, how about we do this? God, keep them from any physical illness. If we know that they're still traveling and they're on uh, deputation, God, protect them as they travel. Protect them from any bodily harm. Uh, just a few years ago, Brother, Brother Reeves, missionary to Mexico, uh, was in a, a bad part of, of Mexico, and him and his wife, uh, they almost kidnapped his wife. He was able to get away, but they, they followed him, and they surrounded his car. I don't know if you remember that. They had guns. They fired at them. Listen, our missionaries face those kinds of things. So how about when we pray, God, would you bless uh, 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 Whoever it is, the, the kings or the vances or the smutchlers or whoever it is, God, would you bless them? Would you keep them physically safe? Help them to have safety as they travel and, 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 and keep them safe on the field that, that they would not be harmed in any way. And then, Lord, we want to ask you to bless their work, bless their labor. God, help them as they spread the gospel that it would have free course and that it would be glorified. Ask that God would open doors of opportunity for them and that there would be no hindrances to their works, especially our missionaries in the Philippines. God is always, seems like always giving them opportunity to get into the, 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 the Philippine schools. And they have opportunity to preach the gospel unadulterated, uncompromised, not watered down, the gospel of Jesus Christ in the public schools in the Philippines. And when we pray for God to bless a missionary, we should pray, God, would you open doors of opportunity for them? Would you allow them into villages and, and, and into schools and into places where missionaries have not been allowed to go before? Let's pray for them emotionally. I mean, think about it. These young couples, especially the Smutchlers and the Vances, they're going to miss family Christmas, Thanksgiving. 
Most of the time, their grandparents will not be there for their children's birthdays. How many of you think that could be an emotional time? Absolutely. So God, would you strengthen them emotionally? And I don't mean to be derogatory at all tonight, but I think we ought to pray that especially for the wife. It's particularly trying for the wife emotionally on the mission field. God, help them with their emotional health and their well-being and pray that God would encourage them. And as you do, God may lay it on your heart. Well, send them a note. And we got the wherewithal out on our missions display where you can punch on any one of our missionaries and you can send them a letter. You can send them an email right there in the, in the foyer. Hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I go to Fellowship Baptist Church in Overwood, Kansas. I'm praying for you, and I'm, I'm asking God to bless you. S, pray for their social life. I remember when the Gabbards, our own missionaries that have been in New Zealand nearly 30 years now, I remember when they first got to New Zealand, I remember the stories of how terribly their children were treated. I mean, they were told on numerous occasions, why don't you just pack your bags and go home? They didn't want Americans there. They didn't want Americans in their schools. (laughs) Funny thing, though, their boys started playing hockey and got really good and made the New Zealand national team. And it was amazing how quickly. We're glad that these Yankees are here. But those are the kind of things I'm talking about. Help God help our missionaries to find favor socially with with others. Help them to make friends of the people they're trying to reach and and help them to make friends with, with other missionaries. And again, church, that is especially important for wives and children. Now, come on, us men, we could go somewhere and we wouldn't have to talk to anybody for months. And we would be happy. Wives and children aren't that way. And I'm not knocking anybody. That's the way God created us. And I remember the struggles that Belinda had on the field in New Zealand. She didn't have anybody. And bless his heart, Brother Gabbard was, was out there trying to reach people and knocking doors and, and was gone all the time and she was lonely. And they would probably never say this, would probably be terribly embarrassed that I would tell you this, but sometimes our church planners, as close as Arizona, struggle with the same thing. And their children struggle with the same thing. So God, would you, would you encourage them emotionally? Would you, would you strengthen them emotionally? And then, of course, we want to pray for them spiritually. Pray for the missionary's own spiritual well-being and, and that of his family as well. And here's what I mean by that. Pray that they would maintain strong devotional lives that they would walk in the Spirit, that they would be strong 
in the face of temptation. Listen, how many of you know Satan is, is as actively at work in New Zealand or Colombia or Mongolia as he is right here in the United States? Temptation is as great in, in, in Mongolia as it is in America. And we would, we would be amiss in our praying if we did not pray that God would keep them spiritually strong. Now I'm going to close. We currently support 63 missionaries and missionary projects. By projects, I mean we support a couple of Bible colleges. We support Jehovah Jireh, which is a church planting ministry. We support Silver State Baptist Youth Camp. There are a number of projects like that that we support. And represented by these cards that line the altar tonight are the missionaries, not necessarily the projects, but the missionaries that we support. And so here's the invitation tonight as our piano player comes. I'm going to ask you to come tonight as families. And our guests are certainly participate with us tonight if you desire to do so. But I'm going to ask you to come tonight as families, as individuals, if you're single, as groups of individuals, if you're college students or, or young people and your parents aren't here or whatever. But I'm going to ask you to come tonight anywhere, take one of these cards, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to ask you to spend some time right now, tonight, praying for whatever missionary card you pick up. Turn it over, it's got this formula on the back. And I'm just going to ask you to bless them, ask you to pray that God would bless them bodily, that they would have good physical health, that, that God would keep them strong in body, and then that their work uh, would be blessed of the Lord, that he would open doors of opportunity for them, that, that he would bind Satan and, 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 and hold off the adversaries, uh, that would want to hinder their work. And I'm going to ask you to ask God to bless them emotionally, to keep them emotionally strong and healthy, especially uh, the missionary's wife. Help them to make friends of the people in the countries they're ministering to and, and make friends among uh, other missionaries there that they could have some social support and that God would help them to be strong themselves spiritually. And then I'm going to ask you to take that card with you. And I want you to pray for that missionary family for the rest of this month. And if you want another card, you want to choose another missionary family next month, Brother Michael will help you with that. That won't be a problem. And if you just want to have at the, at the end of our missions year, which runs 1st of May to the end of April, if you want to have 12 cards at your house, that would be awesome. Because we're going to pray for a different missionary family every month. Every day or once a, once a week during the month, we're going to pray. And this is how we're going to pray. God bless them. And we want you to do it specifically in this matter. So I'm going to ask you to join my wife and I tonight at the altar. Just come, grab a card, kneel here, kneel at your chair, wherever. It doesn't matter. But come and let's, uh, let's pray for our missionary families. Can we do that tonight? Mm -hmm.